Hi guys, I'm extraordinarily excited today because in a moment I'm going to introduce you to Dan Sullivan. Uh, Dan is the founder and president of Strategic Coach. Um, he's a visionary, an innovator, and a gifted conceptual thinker. He has over 40 years, that's four decades worth of experience as a highly regarded speaker, consultant, strategic planner, and coach to entrepreneurial individuals and groups. He's the author of over 30 different uh, publications, um, uh, The Great Crossover, The 21st Century Agent, How the Best Get Better, a whole host of different great books. Check them out on Amazon. Um, he's married to Bab Smith, his partner in business and in life, uh, and they jointly own and operate uh, The Strategic Coach with four offices around the world, and they do uh, workshops in over eight locations worldwide. Uh, but uh, And the reason why I'm thrilled to have him is uh, Dan has had a huge impact on my life. Being part of the Strategic Coach and the 10X program has totally transformed how I use my time and my level of pr uh, productivity, uh, creating a, a self-managing company. So having said all that, you, you, you've not uh, listened to this to hear me talk. Let me get out of the way and say, welcome, Dan. Oh, thank you. Dan and Dan here this morning. Uh, well, first of all, I, I want to say how much I'm looking forward to the uh, presentation in May, and uh, it's one of the real highlights of my year every year when we uh, come over to the UK and I get to meet all the UK members of Strategic Coach, and especially your group, uh, because I'm very, very interested in your whole concept of Gazelle. And, uh, you know, I, I think it fits in enormously with the times right now, what you're doing, Dan. And, uh, uh, you know, you're a coach, I'm a coach, and uh, there's enormous opportunity for individuals to create structures and processes for people to take advantage of fast growth opportunities. So, um, you know, that sort of indicates what I've been uh, focused on for the last 40 years since the early 1970s, and uh, the world has only gotten better and better for entrepreneurs, so I, I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing my insights with your group. Uh, thanks, Dan, and uh, I want to dive straight in at the deep end. The um, uh, I know you've got a great relationship with the uh, fantastic uh, Peter Diamandis, and um, I've spoken and, and shared of my experience uh, with his material before, but well, one with the whole concept of 10x thin thinking, I mean, with the, mm -hmm. the rate and speed of change that's going on in the world now, I, I, I don't know if you agree, but I personally think it's, it's um, a necessity. It's not nice to have to be, to be thinking this big and, uh, and looking for expansion. Why is 10x uh, thinking, why is it critical? Why is it paramount that the people that are listening to this um, but why do they need to pay attention and incorporate and change their mindset? Well, um, there's a number of reasons uh, for this, Dan. Uh, the one thing is that everybody uh, who is a successful entrepreneur, and I know your qualifications are quite high to be in your group, um, there's a point in their past, uh, if they look back, uh, back to where they were just one-tenth of where they are right now. And it's very, very important for people to realize that before you can start thinking about ten times about the future, just remind yourself that you've already done ten times in the past uh, that got you to where you are right now. And what I do is um, I just 
ground people in their experience of having grown. And, uh, you know, for me, my um, I actually got it out. Uh, my one-tenth of where we are today happened in 1993, and we had just crossed $3 million. Uh, $3 million. And um, if you had asked me, um, you know, when we were at $3 million, that you would be coming in over $30 million, Quite frankly, back in 1993, I couldn't have told you. I said, I think we're going to get there, but I have the foggiest idea how to get there. But um, we actually set out 10 times as our goal back then, and it took us on a totally different path of how we would have thought about our growth. First of all, we realized that we uh, couldn't just be Canadian. We'd started off in Canada that we'd have to expand to the United States. And then immediately after that, we said, well, we're going to have to have a global presence, and London was just the best city in the world that we could have possibly gone to. And so we wouldn't have normally thought in those terms if we weren't thinking in 10 times. So that's the one aspect, is that everybody who's an entrepreneur, who's a successful entrepreneur, has already experienced 10 times growth, and we, we just remind them that, of that. And then the second part of it is that um, there's a factor that has really transformed our world, and it's the, it's the world of uh, computer technology, the microchip, and the whole concept of exponential growth that's come out of technology. And when I started coaching in 1974, this was just an idea of how things were going to change in the future, but in 2016, the evidence of exponential growth as a result of technology is so much a part of our environment, both our personal environment, also our business environment, that the whole notion of going 10 times is kind of like a normal thought if you're plugged into technology. But there's a lot of people who are plugged into technology who aren't thinking 10 times and for them, technology is a bad thing because it confuses them, it undermines them. But to be safe in a world where technology is growing 10 times, 100 times, you have to have a frame of mind where 10 times is kind of normal and you're kind of arranging your future in such a way that 10 times is going to be a normal um, event in your life. You're going to have this experience not once, you'll have it more than once, maybe twice, maybe three times. Uh, I know one of the the things that I got gained from you recently when I was uh, uh, with you out in Toronto was about the uh, the, the mindsets, the ten x mindset. What what are the what are the mindsets that are critical? What what, what um, I suppose it all starts in the mind because the the technology is a external factor, and unless we change our mindset, we're not able to really fully tap into that. Uh, what are the uh, the mindsets that we need to be adopting in order to be able to thrive in today's economy. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, first of all, Dan, I have a saying that really kicks off all my discussions about mindset, and is that is our eyes only see and our ears only hear what our brain is looking for, and this is really crucial because this is in regard to everything in our life that um, we only experience in our daily life, personal or business life, the, um, 
those things which we've geared our brain to be looking for. Now, the vast majority of people who own their own businesses um, have a mindset, you know, that if I grow in the next 10 years, if I grow twice, uh, well, that would be fantastic. And once they have that mindset, then their eyes and their ears will only be looking for those capabilities, those resources, those opportunities that are geared to growing 10 times, and uh, that'll be their life for the next 10 years. On the other hand, if you uh, gear yourself and you say, well, I'm actually gearing myself for 10 times growth, and I'm going to, I want my eyes to pick up on, I want my ears to pick up on any news, any information, any breakthroughs that would allow me to go 10 times, that would allow my company to go 10 times. Totally different if you measured the progress of the person looking for two times, you measured it against the person who's going 10 times, the very nature of what those two individuals do on a day-to-day -day basis becomes radically different in a very short period of time. So, um, you know, actually, we just set a goal, like we're at $30 million, uh, 32 this year for our company. And, uh, but my goal for um, 20, it'll be basically about 23 years down the road, which is 2039, is $1 billion. So the movement is from 32 million to 1 billion. Now, I have to tell you, Dan, when I wrote that number down, it, it, it kind of blew my mind apart because I said, well, I haven't the foggiest idea, um, how, you know, how I would get to a billion dollars right now, given the kind of company we are. And I says, well, that's not a problem because we're actually not going for a billion first. We're going for 320 million. Right. And quite frankly, I do have a lot of ideas about how I could get to 320 million. And it's kind of interesting because it's 10 times what we're doing now. And I would say that there's, um, you know, uh, the mindset, uh, it's obviously doing more of what we're doing now, but I think it's going to take some very new kind of forms that we've not taken before. And I'd like to share the thinking that we're going through when I come uh, to the UK in May. I'd like to just spend um, what the whole process that, uh, we at Strategic Coach, and, you know, I have 500 um, 10 times clients. You're one of them, Dan. I, I'm just taking them through the kind of thinking that you would have to do where the whole concept of going 10 times would just become completely normal. I, I absolutely love that. And uh, a, whilst I was preparing for this call then, I, I put a post out on social media because what attracted me when I first found out about you was – uh, via word of mouth. I'm fortunate to know uh, many top business owners, top CEOs, I including people that have taken companies from scratch to yeah, 100 million plus in revenues. And uh, the com one of the common themes that I saw when I talked to these guys is a lot of them either were involved in your um, uh, your high-level programs, your 10x program, or they've been around you and been a, a real student of you for not just six months, but not just years, decades in many cases. And um, so when I when I shared this, it, it's I, I asked people on social media, well, what what questions do you want me to ask Dan? So I want to ask you a few quick fire questions. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do them I, fast. I, yeah. So the the uh, first question was from Richard uh, Dwyer, and Richard says, 
What is the first thing Dan does in the morning and what is the last thing he does before he goes to sleep at night? Well, um, this is really personal because it's the same thing. Uh, uh, Babs, who is my partner in life and, uh, you know, my wife, uh, so we run the company, but we have a little routine that we do just before we go to bed at night. And it's kind of... Um, Babs's uh, her background before she met me was in massage, so she was a she had a top uh, you know a top tier uh, massage practice here in Toronto, and she dealt with people like stunt uh, stuntmen and airline crews and uh, and uh, you know um, <clears throat> uh, actually people from the ballet people who really were under a lot of stress both physically and mentally and. What she created and uh, shared was a certain way of getting people to be really, really relaxed and fresh uh, physically. And so she taught me how to do this 25 years ago. So it's the last thing we do before we go to bed at night. And it's the first thing that we do in the morning. But having gotten past that, um, uh, we uh, both Babs and I meditate. Uh, so we learned how to meditate. I learned how to meditate 43 years ago. And I've done it every morning for 43 years. And it's just 20 minutes where you clear your mind for the uh, for the day. And uh, you're not focusing on anything. You're just clearing your mind. And then um, um, the other thing, if I go to evening, what I do is I, I have a thing called the best possible tomorrow. And what I do is I just lay out three really important things that if I get those done tomorrow, it's a great day. And I focus on these before I go to bed at night. And uh, then the next day when I get up, my day is really structured around those three important things. Not ten important things, three important things. And uh, it's not a matter of time. It's just that each of these three usually leads to teamwork with other people. So if I get my part done tomorrow, then I get a multiplier where other teams and who are use technology can uh, get out. So, for example, my discussion with you today is one of my three most important things, Dan, and the reason is because you're serving as a multiplier for me. You're introducing me to, um, you know, great number of people that I ordinarily wouldn't meet, and then in May you're, you know, you're, you're providing this great introduction to me to, uh, you know, hundreds of individuals who I might uh, never be able to uh, never be able to talk to unless uh, I came through you. So this is a huge. Even though this is only a half hour of our time, this is a huge important thing for today. Fantastic. So um, next question. Um, uh, I'm just trying to start this question. It's from Chris Bowman, and it says. Um, what's Dan's advice on when your business is growing? How do you know when it's right to recruit that first employee? Well, that that would actually be on the first day. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you see, uh, the the uh, uh, first of all, anyone who's starting a business is automatically on their first day a full time salesperson. And, uh, you know, regardless of what business you're in, you, you have to be totally focused on the marketplace. And therefore, um, you want to spend, a, if I use a theater analogy between front stage and backstage, 
when you're first an entrepreneur, you want to be front stage absolutely as much as possible because that's where that's where the customers are, that's where the clients are, and uh, and the, you want to spend as little time backstage. And that is that there's uh, you know there's arrangements to be made, there's scheduling to be made, um, there's um, you know there's contacts to be followed up. There's a lot of detail work backstage that you would want to actually start your business off putting all the emphasis on your part into the front stage and then having a backup person. And it doesn't have to be full-time when you first start, but you have to have a capacity that you are not embedding yourself in backstage details when you first start. So um, when we started the Strategic Coach Program, uh, Babs took care of a lot of that but within about, um, I would say within about a month after we started the program, Babs had already hired another person part-time to start downloading things. And that part-time person became a full-time person very, very quickly. And we've simply grown the company from there. So that that, that is my absolute advice. It's uh, you, you never get into the game where you're dividing your time as an entrepreneur between backstage and front stage. You try to get yourself only on front stage because that's where all the sales sales are and that's where all the money is. Fantastic. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't know if the people listening to this are taking notes, but I, I certainly am, Dan, and I've spent a lot of time uh, uh, learning from you already. So the next question is from Michelle Raymond, and she asks, if Dan was starting his career over again, what would he have done differently? Or what would he do differently? <clears throat> um, yeah... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I can think of all sorts of funny answers to that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the advice I just gave on the, um, you know, when do you hire the first person, I would have done it a lot sooner. Uh, you know, and, you know, I was someone who very painfully tried to do all parts of my work. Um, and so I was a one-on-one -on -one coach. Uh, you know, where I just had individual customers for the first 15 years. And then, um, you know, I met Babs about eight years into that, um, into that first 15 years. And I can see, you know, the moment that Babs came into my life and then she started to staff up around me, we just saw this explosive growth. And, uh, it could have happened much sooner than that. And, uh, the, I, I, I would say that that's how I would have done it differently. I would have I would have started staffing up much much sooner, and um, and gone bigger in terms of the checks that I was getting out in the marketplace much sooner. Uh, looking back now, I could have done it much more quickly. A key distinction that, that has really helped me from my experience uh, uh, working with you, Dan, is about the entrepreneur time system. I, I think a lot of mm -hmm. people think it's counterintuitive. The, the, fa the very fact that you and Babs take, uh, I, I believe it's over 150 free days a year, and just for those mm -hmm. that aren't familiar with coach terminology, a free day, by your definition, means literally uh, n not working at all, not on email, not contact, not doing what you love to do outside of the business. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people would feel that those things are growing a business and having free days are diametrically opposed, but 
I know from ex- my experience through coaches has been very different. H- how do you manage to, or any, uh, g- give the listeners a, a little bit of a snippet of a taste of uh, how is that possible? How do you manage to uh, have a business that has uh, multiplied in size and yet still maintain a fantastic relationship uh, with your life partner and uh, enjoy your life? Yeah, well, um, it's, uh, I'll do it really quickly. Uh, my first interest in life was theater, and uh, I, in my 20s, I spent about four or five years uh, in the theater world. And one of the things that I grasped right off the path, part that the entertainment world, uh, theater, movies, or um, they have a totally different time system than the normal business world, and that is that their life consists of three different kinds of days. Um, the first day, of course, is the day when performances happen, you know, whether whatever form that takes, whether it's live or recorded. And um, the second uh, kind of day they have is a rehearsal day or practice day where you're getting ready to perform or you're getting you're getting ready for the presentation. And then they have a third day is that they actually get a lot of time off. Uh, there's a lot of um, free time when they can just go and do all sorts of other things and, and entertainers are really good at this you know they um, you know between uh, shows or you know between performances and that that they they do all sorts of other things and so when I got into the actual business world Dan I said you know I think that the theater people and the entertainment people are actually on to the time system for the future because their entire life is just about certain very, very powerful presentation times which don't last very long. They might last two hours or three hours or if they're making a movie, um, all their work uh, needed on a movie might happen in two or three weeks when they lead very intense days. But aside from that, uh, they have a lot of flexibility to their world and they have to be extraordinarily fresh they have to be extraordinarily focused when they're having their performance days and they have to be incredibly well rehearsed and practiced for those performance days so i just got this idea that entrepreneurs instead of going on the corporate model of work days and oftentimes working nights and working weekends instead of using corporations or big bureaucracies as the model for the time system, they should have a completely different time system and take it from the entertainment world, which would also include sports. And um, I started to experiment with that. And in the case of Babson, uh, I what we hit upon 25 years ago is that we would start our scheduling for uh, our whole year by determining how many free days that we were going to take. So not the number of work days we were going to take, the number of free days. And uh, Babs was really good at this. And um, we uh, hit upon a number 25 years ago that we would take 155 free days off. And so the way that we plan our year is that we look at the 365 days in a normal year, and we start off by subtracting 155 days which are free days, and we have, you know, Babs and I share a great number of great loves as far as free time goes, and so that's very easy for the two of us. 
So that leaves us 210 days. So that instead of the work year being 365 days, which it is for most entrepreneurs, our, our year is only 210 days. And then we say, well, of those 210 days, which are the money-making days? Not every day is a money-making day. It's, uh, you know, for everybody. There are days which are backstage days. There are days which are practice and rehearsal days. And uh, in my case, I have 180 of these days. And for me, it's three activities. It would be doing what I'm doing with you right now, uh, setting up marketing activities, actually coming over and, you know, uh, presenting. The, the, the other thing would be creating new materials, creating new ideas and tools for the program. And the, the uh, th uh, th third activity would actually be coaching the workshops uh, that I do. I do 44 workshop days a year. And that takes up about 180 days. And then I have another 30 days, which is just being backstage with my team, uh, seeing what everybody is doing. Now, I'm, I'm incredibly well delegated. I, I mean, this is, I'm not describing my life 25 years ago. I'm describing my, my life today. And so Babs and I get this enormous amount of free time. And what the free time has allowed us to do is create a great team because the team essentially runs the company for 155 uh, days of the year, and they get stronger, and they have to take complete responsibility. They're not allowed to phone us. We're not allowed to phone them. And then when I'm working, I'm just totally concentrated. Everything's prepared for me. And, um, you know, this our phone call, this was set up by three or four people uh, today. And so I just treat myself like I'm an entertainer or a star athlete. And what kind of system would someone at the, you know, at the at the top league in the in football in the UK, how much would that person do besides practice and play? Almost nothing except, you know, uh, work related to promotion and you know their own career. But then they'd have a ton of free time. And so this is by fine by far Dan the finest. Um, uh, finest time system that I've ever seen for entrepreneurs. And every entrepreneur uh, who's willing to believe that they can multiply their results by 10 times by taking off extraordinary amounts of free time is just off to the races for the rest of their life. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Dan, which is why I've, uh, been, well, since I first found out about Coach, I've, I've been a client of yours ever since. So my final question, Dan, before... Um, uh, I know you have to have to go. Is uh, next month in May, um, we're uh, you're speaking at the uh, Breeding Gazelles event. Breeding Gazelles: Fast Growth Strategies for Your Business uh, with myself, uh, yourself, and Ryan Dice. Uh, w what will you be sharing with us at the event, and why should people come? Well, actually, um, um, you know, this is sort of developed out of our conversation, but. Uh, the you know the single most powerful concept one of two or three most powerful concepts um that we've had in the program since we started um the actual workshop program 26 years ago um is the 10 times mind expander and it's a thinking process that I can put anyone through uh in about 15 to 20 minutes and at the end of those 20 minutes what seemed like a bizarre idea to them when it's first brought up, which is namely that they're going to multiply their turnover or their revenues by 10 times, and this is going to feel totally normal. 
that within 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I'm going to make them feel completely normal about that, and they're going to understand the exact logic chain uh, that uh, will actually take them there, and their brain will totally grasp it. So I'll do that. You know, at most, it will take me a half hour to do that. And so from start, where the whole idea of 10 times just seems bizarre, to a half hour later, uh, they'll say, oh, geez, I understand exactly how I could do this. 